we'd like to welcome you to The Journey from the Hill. This is a weekly podcast of Chapel Hill Baptist Church. Each week, you'll hear biblical teaching from our pastor, Dr. Shannon Moses. At the end of today's podcast, you'll hear a way to reach out to us with any questions you might have about this message. Now, let's prayerfully listen as Dr. Moses opens the Word of God. We are blessed, 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 blessed to be able to come and do that. It's His breath that's in us that's doing all of this, everything that we are. All that we are is His. If you've got your Bible, I invite you to turn with me over to the book of Jonah. I like Jonah. We all like Jonah. One thing about the, the book for me, I don't know if your Bible's like that, chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, it's like right there. Jonah's one of those books that you can just sit down and you just see every single bit of it. And there's no way you can give it what it deserves in one sitting. There's no possible way. So far this year, we've read Genesis, we've read Exodus. Now read Jonah. It's right there in your lap. It's not hard. It's a very quick. It's entertaining. It's an entertaining story. It's an entertaining story that we see so much about God. We see about people. We see of God's heart. There's a lot. We see ourselves in this book. We see, we see me. We see you. And, and there's so many different angles. When you, when you heard me earlier talk about which, which way do we do we, do we start there in chapter 1? Do we jump to 3? Do we deal with 4? Do we deal with 2? I mean, and all the different aspects and points of it. I hope that you're familiar with Jonah and the story. The, the, this past week was Valentine's Day, and I mentioned it on Wednesday night. I'm like, you know, we all came together on Wednesday night to have that, that meeting and everything. And I said, come back Sunday and we're going to be talking about love. We're going to be in the book of Jonah. I even mentioned it this past week. I said, hey, we're talking about love this Sunday. We're talking about, and, and Casey, I think it was, we're going to be in Corinthians. I'm like, no, we're going to be in Jonah. And he went like, huh? It's not one you think about when you, when you think about, hey, we're talking about love. But again, out of this, you can pull so many different angles. So often we talk about the man Jonah. We, we look at um, how there in chapter 1, verse 1, God says, go, notice this, look at what it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. How many times have you clearly heard a word from the Lord and you, instead of, instead of immediately responding in obedience, we respond in no, not me. And we go, he literally, we, there's so much premeditated in this. There's the, I mean, he literally, look at what he does. There's so much thought. Listen, rebellion takes thought. Rebellion, you can't just hear a clear word from the Lord and turn a blind eyes to it. No, you think about it, you dwell on it, you, you, you wrestle with it. You, if, if the Lord has spoken, you can't just ignore Him. You, you can't. You, and you know what I mean. You wrestle with that conversation, with that, that, that move of the Spirit that's been upon you and you have to do something, and there's only two different things you can do. You don't table. We tabled, remember this past 
uh, Wednesday night, we picked up what had been tabled, a motion that had been tabled from the previous meeting. You don't table a, a conversation with the Lord. You either obey it or you rebel from it. You either do what God says or you disobey him. Jonah disobeyed him. Jonah took a lot of thought. He literally went down to the port, went up to the man, bought a ticket. I've talked about that. There's so many different ways. Listen, our rebellion, when we run from the Lord, it's a daily struggle. It's a daily rationalizing our sin. It's a daily, because the the call is still there. The word is still there. God told me to do it, and I'm not doing it. And, and here I am. Today I'm going to look busy. Today I'm just going to go over here and do all this. But, but God told me to do something else, and today I'm going to, going to act this way. There's a constant struggle with it. Here's the deal. Just surrender to it. If God told you, if God's telling you, if God's nudging you, if God is leading you, you say, Brother Shannon, there's a constant thing. I'm just, I, I, just, I just can't get over it. I, I mean, I, I think about it during the day, and I can't go to sleep because it's on my heart. I, I, can't, I can't run from it. I, my question to you is, first of all, what is it? Well, I feel like God's wanting me to do X. Well, guess what? Do it. Just go do it. Stop running. Stop wrestling with it. Surrender, pray for clarity, pray for wisdom, pray for boldness, pray for a sensitivity to hear clearly and to know exactly what he's desiring you to do. Don't step out saying, well, I think he wants me to do this and just jump out and do. No, seek godly counsel, pray. Seek others. Say, say, look, I'm struggling with this. I'm dealing with this. I just can't get away from this. Call on somebody. Call on others and say, look, this is what I'm dealing with. And they may look at you and say, look, I've been there. I had the same thing. Or they may look at you square in the face and say, dude, you just need to listen to the Lord and go. Rebellion can look so innocent. Disobedience can seem so precious oh well I'm just trying to I'm just trying to figure it out I'm just trying to I'm just trying to you know make sure this is the will of God for my life how long you been doing that oh I've been there for about six years (laughs) really yeah I've been I've been hearing it a long time and and I've been knowing I'm supposed to and and I just you know I'm just trying to make sure it's right I'm 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 trying to make sure everything's going to work out at home and I'm I'm trying to make sure I'm trying to basically play God I'm trying to play God and, and put all the pieces of the puzzle together so there's absolutely no faith whatsoever required I want it all to just fit perfectly. And at the right time, then then I'm going to set out and I'm going to surrender to the Lord. Disobedience sometimes looks so precious, doesn't it? And I got, notice this. And I got people praying for me along the journey. I got people, that, they're praying for me that, I, that I'll know what to do. 
You know what to do. Hard part a lot of times is just doing it. Those two open pages sitting in our, my lap, sitting in your lap, sitting right there, is so loaded. Jonah knew exactly what to do. Jonah chapter 4 showed the heart of the man. Jonah chapter 2 shows a man caught. <laughs> Jonah chapter 3 says, I'll go. <laughs> Jonah chapter 4, see there? I love that book. It takes a very simple mind. It takes a very elementary teaching to be able to open that up and just see the play acted out. But there's, a, there's another group in there that we don't, we don't often focus on. You know, we, we see the fishermen in chapter 1. You know, those guys are like, listen, those are the guys that we need around us. The, the fishermen are the people that we need around us. Those guys that are looking in our life and saying, hey, you're running from the Lord. You're disobedient from God. And we don't want you around us. We want you. Because here's the deal. Guys, here's the deal. Jonah says it in Jonah 1. He's like, look, all of this is happening because of me. The world is falling apart around us because of my disobedience. Work ain't working because of me. The family ain't working right because of me. Life ain't going right because of me. I'm the reason this storm is coming. It's me. And... and Here's the deal. They're like, look, we, we're going to row harder and we're going to empty the boat and we're going we're to do all the things, but we're not going to hurt you. We will sacrifice and, and we will suffer. We will literally suffer to keep you in your rebellion. How many, how many offices, how many schools, how many classes, how many, how many groups how many, I don't know, how many churches? We will suffer because of your rebellion. We're not going to do the hard thing. We're not going to do the right thing. We're just going to continue to row harder. We're going to continue to, listen, when, when it talks about they threw stuff overboard, that was their stuff. They threw their stuff. That, that was their food. <laughs> that was their clothing. That was their rations. That was, that was everybody else's stuff. And, and Jonah's like, whatever. I'm, I'm asleep in the, in the hole. I'm, I'm, listen, it don't, it don't, when you're in rebellion, you don't see what's happening to those around you. When you're in disobedience, you're... I don't care what's going on with you. I'm... I'm taking care of me and mine. While around you the ship is sinking. Look, you can look at chapter 2. Chapter 2, you know, you don't have to. I'm telling you right now. I'm, I'm telling you right now. And some of you, some of you have lived chapter 2. Predominantly 
adult room. Or some of you have literally lived chapter two. You had to hit rock bottom. You, you ran so long you had to get to a place to where there was nowhere else to turn but up. I'm telling you right now, you don't have to get that far. You don't have to find yourself in a place to where there is nowhere else to go. Well, uh, you know what? Have you ever said this? Well, I got to a spot to where all I had was the Lord. Let me tell you something. All you had was the Lord at the very beginning. All you had was but the Lord two weeks in and, and six months in and, and four years in. He was there the whole time. It's just we were, remember, we were playing God. We were just waiting on, on all the stars to line up. Let me tell you something. Stars don't line up and faith. Those two things don't work. Well, the stars are just going to line up and I'm, it's just going to feel right. Listen, it don't feel right. Obedience is just because all hell is breaking loose in your life and, and Satan is coming at you with everything he's got and he's, he's attacking and he's, he's doing all of that. And, you know, faith, faith is like, Lord, this don't make sense. This is weird. This is, this is radically different than, than anything. And yet I am going to listen to you instead of following the noise and I am going to go. That's faith. Faith is uncomfortable. Faith takes us to the unfamiliar. So nobody wants to go. Faith takes us out of our comfort zone. Why nobody wants to go. That's why it's easy to sit there and we laugh. That's why it's easy to pray about it for six years. That's why it's easy to pray about it for 16 years. That's why it's easy to pray about it. I knew when I was a kid, God was... Wanting me to do this? Are you serious? I've had people tell me that. I knew as a child. I knew as a young person. I knew when I was young. I knew when we first got married that this is what we were supposed to do. Well, what have you been doing for the last 30 years? Well, I just had to get some things in order. You don't always have to hit rock bottom. You don't always have to. You're like, Brother Shannon, where's this love story? Where's this love story? Well, chapter 3, the Lord comes to Jonah a second time. The word of the Lord comes to Jonah a second time. See, here's the thing. When I think of this, I, I love this, and here's why. A, a, a group of people that's not often talked about are the People of Nineveh. The people of Nineveh. Oh, they were a messed up group. Chapter 1, verse 1 tells us that word done got to God and he's ticked. And God calls his man, his prophet, his messenger to go and speak truth to them. But while all of this rebellion is going on, while all of this Jonah playing God, Jonah being scared, Jonah doing all of this stuff, the, the people of Nineveh sit destined for destruction. 
How many people? How many people sit around us destined for destruction? Every Wednesday night, something that I do here at Chapel Hill, we pray for, we, we go around the room, we pray for the sick, and then I say, okay, we're going to pray for the lost. It's a very humbling time. Because during that next, I don't know, 15 seconds is a chorus of names. And these aren't names of people we saw on TV or strangers that we heard about. No, this is a chorus of names of individuals that we personally know. That to the best of our ability, and I always preface it with this, to the best of our ability and what we've seen being the fruit inspectors of their lives, they do not have a personal relationship with the Lord. Who are they? And a chorus of names fills this sanctuary. You know what that is? That's a chorus of Ninevites. That's a chorus of Ninevites. God says that the very last verse, only book of the Bible that ends in a question God says, shouldn't I have concern for the 120,000 who don't know their right from left? They don't know wrong and right. They don't know the difference. They don't know me and the animals. All the while, while Jonah is having his pity party, done hit rock bottom, running, pitching a fit, Doing all this stuff. There lies the Ninevites who are under the wrath of God and they're about to be destroyed in like a month from now. An entire month from now. I've never asked the question. I've never, never, never as many times. And I've been doing it for many years now. Praying for the lost people. I've never asked how many of them have died. I never asked that question because that's so heavy. Why don't we call brother so-and-so? Why don't we call that first name anymore? Oh, he died. Well, did we, did we go to him? Oh, I, no, I, I never got a chance. You know, I, I always meant to. I, I, I always wanted to. Chapter 1. No, honestly, we, we, we heard from the Lord and we bought a ticket in the opposite direction. God loves people. We give silly notes and silly valentines and silly stuff and cards and we but God loves people. He genuinely loves people. He genuinely loves them so much that he sent his son to die for them. He genuinely loves them. Scripture, listen, don't turn, just simply listen to this. Over in 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God don't, God don't want people to die and go to hell. 
These cats, look at them. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. These are wicked people. These are not good guys. These are the people that we see on the news. God loves those people we see on the news. Those people that we see on the news, those people that we read about, those people that have murdered folks and have hurt folks and have done all this horrible stuff to people, they have souls that are going to spend eternity in either heaven or hell, and there's only one hope that separates them, and that's Jesus. And God loves them. Pick the most horrific person Horrific world leader, government leader, person. They've killed people and they're just a bad guy. They don't deserve hell. God wants their praise. God wants their praise. He wants them to repent. He wants them to turn. regard to the patience of our Lord therefore beloved and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation why has God put up with these people why has God put up with these folks why has God let that these folks just do horrible things. Listen, I don't stand before you and say I know why bad people are bad other than they don't know Christ and, and, and bad people are going to act lost because that's just what lost people do is they, they have a form of godliness but they, they don't honor God. God loves people. What if you had never repented? What if your Jonah had never come to you? What if your Jonah had never stood before? I got, I got people that I know from uh, lots of places. I got a couple guys, they say, Preacher, just don't preach Jesus. Preacher never, he never shares the gospel. He never tells anybody about Christ. He, he just goes and he talks all this stuff. And, and I, I'm like, listen, pray for him. And you, you stay in the word. You walk in obedience to the Lord in yourself. And, and they're, like, they're like, yeah, but how will they ever know unless he tells them? And I'm like, listen, I I'm not there. I, I don't know what you're dealing with. How will they hear without a preacher? Well, they're all going to come here. Well, we got two services and they're both half empty. They're not coming here. The Ninevites aren't coming in the room. The Ninevites aren't coming. God loves people. Look, look at what happens when they hear. Brother Shannon, I, I just don't, we, I got this thing. Where's Matthew? Matthew, there's Matthew. And I say this. New people bring new people. New people bring new people. There's an energy that new people inside of a church has that people that's been in a church for a long time don't have no more. 
New people bring new people because there's an excitement. There's an energy. Hey, you need to come see this. People that's been around, listen, I'm just the next preacher up. You can write a story. I know the last one, and I know the last one, and I know the last one, and I know the last one. But new people bring new people. And you know what's still possible, church? Jonah 3. Look, look at what happens. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation which I'm going to tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh. Listen, when was he told to go to Nineveh? A long time ago. We don't know time frame. But this is the second time he said, go. And finally, Jonah goes. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days walk. Then Jonah began to go through the city one day's walk. And they called a fast and put on... Then Jonah began to go through the city one day's walk, and he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. And notice what happens. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God, and they called a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. And, And when the word reached the king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, From him covered himself with sackcloth and sat on the ashes, and he issued a proclamation, and it said, In Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man, beast, herd, or flock taste a thing. Do not let them eat or drink, but both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth, and let men call on God earnestly that each may turn from his wicked way and from the violence which is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we will not perish. And notice verse 10, when God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. When the message got to the people, when the message got to where God wanted it to get to, the people were broken in sackcloth and ashes. It's, a, it's a, a picture of repentance. It's a picture of, of broken humility. I, I'm, I'm sin. I'm wretched. I, I'm, I'm Lord God, I, I'm broken. I'm before you. I'm caught. You got me. I, I agree with you, Lord. I, I am a sinner. And Lord, I repent. I confess my sins to you. It's a picture of humility before God. When the people heard the truth, when people heard the good news, when people, when the message got to the people, the people repented. God loves people. When the message gets to the people, people repent. This is the church, the body of Christ, the church, the church by definition is 
blood-bought saints, born again, those who have trusted Christ as Lord and Savior. This room is not for lost people. This room is for the believers to come together and worship. And Yes, lost people come in, but this is a room. The church, by definition, is the, the body of Christ. Lost people are not the body of Christ. If you're not a Christian, you're not in the body of Christ. You can be in this room. You can be in this building. You can sing our songs. You can read those words, but until you trust Christ... And do what the Ninevites did in chapter 3. You are lost. And until you come to know Christ personally, you can be in the body and be in the fellowship. You can do all of these things, but you're not a part of the church. You must trust Christ. There's people out there that need to hear that. There's people out there that we've been told, just like in Jonah 2, arise, go to Nineveh, arise, go to X, arise, go to that great city, arise, arise, and go, you go. But verse 3, but Jonah rose and fled from the presence of the Lord. God loves people. God wants to save people. There's nobody unsavable. There's nobody too wicked. There's nobody too hard. There's nobody. You say, Brother Shannon, we live in a a world, I get it. How can there possibly be? How can there possibly be a person in our in our circle, in our in our in our area, in, in Alabama that's not heard the gospel before? How can there not be? what we think there are though how many of these voices do you hear teachers teach coaches coach parents parent bosses boss workers work but how do they hear without a preacher how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news Church is bought into the fact that you pay a guy, pay guys to do the work. I don't even know where you live. I don't know where you go. I don't know your Ninevites. I don't know them. Well, Brother Shannon, I'm inviting them to come hear you. They're not coming. They're not, there's plenty of room. They could have sat with you. They could have sat in front of you, behind you. They could have sat anywhere. We'd have took care of their kids. We'll take care of their kids later. The Ninevites aren't filling the room. We've got to go get them. The Ninevites aren't filling the room. I'm not saying go get them and bring them to the building. I'm saying we've got to go tell them. Destruction is coming. The wrath of God will be poured out on them. Their wickedness, their wickedness is real. God still loves people, even if we don't. God still loves them, y'all. Yeah, but Brother Shannon, stop. Where were you when he found you? Oh yeah, you're right. We weren't the most lovable and savable when he 
found us. Father God in heaven, you love people. You love those that we don't even see. You love those that we've ignored. You love those that we're scared of. You love those that, God, don't look like us. They're a different color than us. They act different than us. God, they don't have as much money as us. They live in nicer houses than us. They drive better cars than us. Lord, their kids get free lunches. They're not on our team. They're part of that group. Lord, you love every single one of them. God, we were one of every one of those people at some point before you found us. And God, for some reason, you didn't give up on us when the Jonah that you sent after us finally showed up and shared the gospel. God, we repented and we received and we believed and we became part of your family God you showed mercy to us why should you not also show mercy to them Lord Holy Spirit of God I don't know if you're this morning raising up Jonah's I don't know if you're reminding a group of people in this room about the Ninevites we live around God, I don't know if there's some people in this room that are literally in the, in the belly of the ship, sound asleep, just voyaging away. God, I don't know if there's some in this room right now that's making the lives of those sailors around them absolutely miserable. They're, they're, they're giving up their lives. They're giving up everything that they own to just keep that thing afloat while we sit amongst them in rebellion. Holy Spirit of God, who, what are you saying? Who are you saying it to, God? I pray that we don't just leave this saying, wow, that dude knows the Bible. But God, we see that you still love people. We see, Lord, that there are Ninevites around us and we are the Jonas that have been sent. And Lord, you still are coming a second time with the message of, hey, go tell them. God, we've, we've, this whole, hey, come to church, hey, come to this event, hey, come to this activity, hey, come to this, and you may come be a part of our country club how foolish are we now there's more than 120,000 in our area but God many of them don't know the difference in their left or their right either Holy Spirit continue to show compassion even when we're unwilling. Continue to be patient with us. God, through our rebellion. God, have mercy on us who have had so much lavished on us. God, help us. Lord Jesus. God, we're scared. What are they going to think? they going to say Lord we or we say what do we say we don't want to say nothing wrong we don't want to mess them up we don't want to judge them we care more about their feelings than what they're going to feel in eternity their 
feelings today is nothing compared to what they're going to feel then, Lord. Have mercy on our rebellion. Have mercy, God, on our rebellion. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope you received a blessing from this week's message. If you have any questions about what you've heard from Pastor Shannon this week, you may call our church office at area code 205-339-4071. We pray that God's word strengthens you as you go on your journey today.